Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, how you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday, the 11th of October 2021 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 352. Let me just play with the levels here as I usually do. I hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. It's uh, 16.20 and it's a reasonably bright day here in London. The important thing when the week's starting is you don't want rain on a Monday. Rain on a Monday is a bit of a killer. I can now hear a dog barking outside the vets right opposite this building. Nothing else I can say about the difficulties of uh, recording this show every week. If you're going to start a podcast, do make sure you're in a quiet residential street. Don't move near a vet's. Don't move outside a bus stop. Don't live on a main road. Make sure that... uh, Make sure you've got double glazing. I think those would be my four pointers for budding podcasters. If there are any budding uh, podcasters left, that is, I think pretty much everyone except a certain baldcaster is now making a podcast these days, of course. I'm going to get out for a run as soon as I've recorded this, then I'll do any editing when I get back in. I was going to go for the run before beforehand and I thought well then I'll come back and I'll be of a brighter disposition as I normally am after a run but then I thought well no just get the show done get the show done go out for a run of course I am up against uh, dusk now I ran into dusk on Friday did a 12k on Friday and I became aware I didn't get out there till about uh, 16.45 hours by the second lap I became aware that uh, it was going to be dark by the time I finished my run you know with my eyesight now not being what it was, that's uh, that's a bigger problem than it would have been last winter. That damn dog. There was a moment, I think, on Friday. Yes, it was Friday, actually. I just started my run. I was on the uphill climb, and I just went over a branch. I wasn't in danger of falling. I, I you know, I stopped myself from falling, but just the motion, the effort of stopping myself from falling the pain in my left shoulder and upper left arm was just excruciating. And I thought, how am I going to run like this? I was running with one arm for the best part of the first lap. And then the pain subsided. I'm still doing those physio exercises. I think that's going to be a long-term thing. I got the, I haven't had the ultrasound results yet, but I did get a a letter. I picked it up from my aunts today from um, the physio saying his, his feeling is, that it's nothing to do with a vaccine. It's a, it's a shoulder issue. I've pulled something, and I'm just hoping that I can avoid that uh, cortisone jab. My week, I think, since I was last with you, of course, if you're a Patreon supporter, you will have listened to episode 351. If you're a regular listener, 350 was the last time I was with you, the low-key uh, 350 milestone episode last week. Since then, I think my week was uh, summed up best on 
Thursday. What was Thursday? Thursday would have been the 7th of October, I think. So 13.53 hours on Lansdowne Way SW8. I dropped my mouse pouch in Dogma because I was sorting out my bag on the move just before going into Little. Going into Little again. I'm just constantly in there. I think that's an OCD. It's like... Uh, accumulating library books. They're all OCDs. Everything I do, I do more than I need to. And Little is another one of those things. The new bag that I got a few months ago, because the Caramore bags from um, Slazenger Sports Direct, they were just breaking. So I ended up getting a Lonsdale bag, but it's a bit too small. And now in the last week, I've started carrying uh, my laptop again because I'm, I'm prepping one of several projects that I want to be out and about doing live before Christmas just just to try and feel a bit better really so I'm carrying the laptop feeling it on my back uh, my back as well because I do carry a lot of stuff with me and uh, it's a smaller bag there's less room in it so when I'm and only a couple of zips actually as opposed to the caramel bags which have four zips probably too many zips but the problem with the Lonsdale bag is there's only two zips and you're playing with fire if you start opening it on the road, particularly, you know, the the mucky South London streets. And I saw that pouch drop into dog muck. No way it could have uh, come back into the flat with me. I briefly, I don't know what was going through my mind. Uh, I guess it's the pressure that does it to you. I thought to myself, could I wash that? Is there a way of washing that? No, there's no way of bringing that into the flat. Never mind going into the washing machine. And uh, I checked online to try and replace that. And uh, it would have been about £10. Can't find anything cheaper. The same type of pouch for the mouse and the USB sticks. So I'm just carrying them now in little sandwich bags. You know, you work with what you've got. But it was a horrendous moment. And uh, I need to be aware of the uh, limitations of this um, bag now. Clearly, it's a problem. Friday evening, I ran, I think it was 12K. And I say that because the previous week I hit 12K. And I'm certain that I ran less than I did last Friday, but the app said 11.5k. I don't trust these apps. They're inconsistent, and that's that's frustrating. But it's weird because the 12ks tend to be easier than the 6ks. I'm going to do a 6k after I record this, and I know that it's probably going to hurt me more than the 12k. I think with the 12k, once you go through that pain barrier, you, your mind becomes attuned to it. And it's almost like you're clenching your jaw and you get through it. But when you know, certainly with me, the way I am, when I know that I've got something easier on today, i.e. an easier run, I know that it becomes, it somehow becomes harder. And I know that, um, I know that I'm going to be cursing inside 45 minutes, 45 minutes on from recording this. I'm going to be out there in the park and, uh, yeah, I'm going to be, uh, internally moaning. But then I come back and I feel a bit better and a bit brighter. And that's the important thing. That's why I do it. It was a quiet weekend. Saturday, again, I, uh, again, I, I felt lethargic yesterday. I had quite a bit of work to do. I had an interview to prep for tomorrow for when shorts were short, which I don't even know if it's going ahead. I need to check with the guest uh, tomorrow morning. Haven't heard from him. Uh, old school sergeant major type. So... We'll see how that goes. Finally got the Zoom with the uh, Brazil-based guest done last week. Hadn't shown up on the Tuesday when we were supposed to be doing it. Here we go. Fill in the blank yourself. But I got that interview done on Wednesday, he said, ignoring the siren. 
and uh, it was good. It, it, it was good. It's about 45, 50 minutes long. Hope to release it soon. Then I was so, I guess, hyped up by doing it. I didn't get to sleep for hours. So the following day, I was just really uh, struggling. Last week, uh, Friday, Friday, what was Friday? 9th of October, 11.02 hours. I saw, I think, the worst skateboarder that I've ever seen on Lamander Hill, SW11. Guy, probably about my age. It, he must have just, he's either not skateboarded since he was a kid or he's just started skateboarding. He was awful. I thought if I started skateboarding, and I've never been someone that can skateboard, if I start skateboarding, that's probably the level I'd be at. There was nothing about it that was convincing. He wasn't even going quickly. I think skateboards make such a racket that the very least you can do to to offset that shameful audio, to make it look like at least what you're doing is worth it and that you're in a stronger position than the ordinary pedestrian because you're going so much faster. At least you at least ought to be traveling fast. He was traveling so slow and Lavender Hill is a hill and he was heading southbound. So he was going down the hill and he was so slow. And every few meters, he'd get one of his uh, feet, you know, drag it on the ground to propel himself, to give himself more momentum. But there was no conviction to it. You see those proper skateboarders, particularly the kids, I guess. You know, I, what was that? I see them on the road, sometimes skateboarding ahead of cars. And they'll just do one big drag back with their foot and they'll be propelled for a certain amount of meters and they're just fearless. This guy, he's what I would have been on a skateboard. I didn't see the point of that. A dream last night. I had a couple of dreams, but I've forgotten them. I really should note them down. Actually, no, there was one dream yesterday morning, which was I turned up at the wrong building. This is where I live now, but I turned up at the wrong building. It was 221. And in this dream, this building was southbound when actually 221 on the road I'm on would actually be the other direction. I'm getting my bearings wrong, but it would have been the other direction. And I turned up on this road and this very attractive woman opened the door and uh, we just got talking. She didn't believe my reasoning for trying the door. She didn't believe my story that I lived on the same road just a few buildings away. So I had to show her, I had to prove to her that I lived on the same road and I thought oh why didn't I talk to her some more she was uh, she was very attractive I won't say what her name was in the dream but it was the name God. let's see if I remember what I was talking about the dream that's right the dream she had the name of an older woman her generation she would have been maybe just a bit younger than me I think in this dream and she had the name I think of an older woman like the last time I was with the man I remember there was a new girl starting. Some of the guys were excited. And uh, when we found out the woman's name, the new member of staff, her name was Jane. I thought, well, nothing to get too excited about. She's going to be my age. You don't get girls being named Jane now, probably at any point in the last 30 years. It's one of those older names, very common when I was a kid, but I don't think... I don't think it's a, a top 10 girl's name nowadays, uh, Jane. And, and, and the name that this uh, dream girl had in the dream, it wasn't a name that her generation would have been called. So it was a bit confusing. Last night I had a dream featuring one of my potential ex-mother-in-laws as a vampire and we were all stuck on this 
plane and we were aware that she was a vampire, but we couldn't find her. We were trying to track her down to kill her. And instead of coffins, it looked like, uh, you know, the Han Solo when he was in that freezing chamber, there was the outline of him being frozen. It was something like that. It looked like a mold, a jelly mold. And we tracked her mold down, but she wasn't there. And that was it. It tailed off. It was a very undramatic dream. Though I think at one point in the dream, it wasn't me that was skateboarding, but there was a skateboarder in the dream. Again, I was on Brixton Road near the academy. I seem to dream quite a bit about that corner of Brixton. I'm not sure why. I saw my aunt and uncle this morning. My uncle right now is killing me with his new mobile. My my cousin has got him a flip mobile, kind of mobile that would have been the latest must-have phone around 2003, the kind of mobile that I wouldn't know how to work now. Mind you, I never had a flip mobile. I just thought that you had a flip mobile if you were some TV character. This phone, it's got one button for the volume. You You touch the top of the button... I don't know if I said this on the Patreon bonus last week. You touch the top of the button, that goes up. The volume goes up. You touch the bottom, it goes down. It's simple, but my uncle isn't grasping this. And I just said to my cousin, you just need to get him a a simple phone, the most simple phone, because right now my uncle's got all sorts of notifications going going off on his phone. I'm not a big phone guy. I'm not going to spend my time there trying to work out what's going on with the phone. When I turned up, there last week, one afternoon last week. He wasn't even getting calls because he turned the volume off. There was a disagreement, another one, of course, uh, inevitable between my aunt and uncle over the olive oil. My aunt said it wasn't Spanish olive oil that she'd bought. It was Sainsbury's olive oil. My uncle was exasperated. He was saying, yes, you bought it in Sainsbury's. So Sainsbury's have their name on the bottle, but it is Spanish olive oil. My aunt was adamant it wasn't. And uh, she normally does. She got me to mediate. She brought the olive oil bottle and it said Sainsbury's Spanish olive oil. I had to explain to her it's still Spanish olive oil. It's just Sainsbury's have put their name on it because they're selling it. Well, they might even be making it, but it's Spanish olive oil. How can this how can this not be clear to you? How, how will I ever find a way out of this? How how can I ever settle down? Who who is gonna be with me when I've got this kind of stuff in my life, this kind of admin stuff in my life? On the books front, frustrating week because I'm not enjoying Claire North's The Pursuit of William Abbey. I, I always get frustrated when I get bogged down with a book. And I have to finish the books. The only book I've not been able to finish, I think, in the last few years is Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities, which I read in a hurry after uh, loving the Pickwick Papers. And I just couldn't finish A Tale of Two Cities. I've never wanted to revisit it. I got to think about just past the halfway point. It was so dull. This book is really dull. I'm getting through it, but it's a chore. And I'm about halfway through and I just want it gone. And... It's about this doctor who's being pursued by a shadow, a shadow that follows him as a result of a curse. And he's always trying to keep a few days ahead and he's working as a British spy. It's set in the 1890s and the First World War. It's got those two timelines going on, deals with flashbacks. And I think that a bit of a problem for me is the whole shadow aspect. I remember when I was getting into Murakami and I've read all his work, but early on after, you know, the wind-up bird, whatever it was called, the wind-up bird chronicle, I can't remember the full name, was a brilliant book. 
but I then launched myself into his works and early on I was struggling. The hard-boiled Wonderland and the End of the World, I think that was the second Murakami book I read. I did not enjoy it at all and that one dealt with a shadow and it was Kafkaesque and it wasn't really for me and I love Murakami and I went on to read all his work and I've you know his last couple of books I'd say they were very good but they could have done with an editor they didn't need to be as long as they are but I guess when you're that big a writer you can pretty much do what you want but uh, his last couple of books would really benefit from an editor but I think this book The Pursuit of William Abbey reminds me a bit of hard-boiled Wonderland and uh, I'm not enjoying it at all a disappointing moment for me last week I've said before that this building is on a hill so there are some steep well wide steps leading up to the door and I've never worked out how many there are many maybe uh, five or six seven tops and since they did the building work last year one of the steps hasn't been right and every time it rains you get water collecting on it so it's been redone now a couple of times and it was redone last Wednesday so I came out I think on Wednesday afternoon or Thursday afternoon and they'd stuck tape across from the wall to one of the bins to let you know that you needed to go via the other way you needed to take the other exit which I think I've only taken once or twice in all the years I've been here so I did that I think the first time I saw it when it was still there the following day I said to myself, well, the cement must be dry now. That step must be fine. I'm just going to go under the tape. And I thought, finally, I'm going to fulfill that fantasy I have of ducking under a police line, do not cross tape, you know, uh, when it's when it's there at some murder scene. And uh, I ducked under it. I thought, there you go. There's my moment. I've, I've ticked that fantasy moment. Unfortunately for me, I did duck, but the tape got stuck to me. And it uh, wasn't easy to get it off my uh, my jacket. Then I had to stick it back on the bin. Then I had to hand gel my hands. So uh, it was a bit of a flat moment. The plumber came last uh, Tuesday and I didn't get all the dust sheets out. I just stuck a dust sheet at the bottom of the stairs just before the bathroom. Nothing in the bathroom. And I just cleaned up everything after him. It was uh, easy to, you know, pretty, pretty easy to just clean, uh, wash down the floors after he'd gone. But there was an awful moment where he said, is it okay for me to step in the bath as he was checking the external pipes? And I should have put some newspaper down, but I'd had a run on Wednesday morning. So this was Wednesday morning he came. I'd had a run on Wednesday morning. He was meant to come at midday. He came about 11.15. I'd had a shower just before he came, so couldn't put newspaper down. The bath was still wet. And uh, when I saw the muck he left in that bath, it just uh, it killed me. Absolutely killed me. You're listening to Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available, episode 352. What happened to the voice there? Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607westegg, facebook.com forward slash DRT available. Find all my work at danielruiztyson.com. There's the Patreon page that keeps this show alive. Multiple tiers on offer there. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash DRT available. The all-in-one tier unlocks the three Patreon episodes released just in the last week. It gives you access to all my work, this show, and When Shorts Were Short. Uh, there was a mention for When Shorts Were Short in the Sunday Times culture section yesterday. The blind spot.
the blind spot. Just keep the siren on. For crying out loud, keep the siren on. I'd have more respect for these guys if they kept the siren on. What is the point in turning it on for half a second? Ruining my mention of the Sunday Times, mention of when shorts were shorts. Now, I wasn't going to spend whatever it is, three or four pounds to buy the Sunday Times, a paper I never buy, but it would have been nice to to have the physical version of that. I thought I might be able to get it via press reader, which is a where the papers are available online to library users. But the Sunday Times is absolutely determined to keep everything behind uh, the paywall, which is fair enough. It's the only broadsheet, UK broadsheet, that you can't access on Press Reader. So I've been trying to find out if via the local libraries if they're offering newspaper access right now, physical newspaper access. One or two of them are the Victoria Library in Westminster. They went to have a look for me, but... It had already gone walkie. Someone had gone off with the uh, culture section. Good job that I called beforehand because I figured that would be the case. So it comes to something when you can't even buy a magazine or a paper where your work has been mentioned. But it's the right decision because I am putting out fires right now. When you think of how few patrons this show has, when you think of how much rent I'm paying when you think of um, all the various issues that are affecting many people at the moment in this country, including myself, you know, it doesn't sound like much, three pounds, but it all counts. And, uh, you know, that's that's a latte as well. And uh, right now, those lattes mentally keep me going. It's It's something that gets me out of this flat and anything that gets me out of this flat is a good thing. For me, I was in my local library. Well, actually, I was in several of them last week, including one late evening just to get out of this place. I just took a walk. I just had to get out of the place and I'd gone for my run and the library was open until 20 hundred hours. So I just took a a walk south and uh, had a brief forage in the library to see if I if there was something I wanted to read. And uh, there was, I, I returned a couple of hardbacks. It's one thing I've been doing, unless it's something I desperately want to read. Any hardbacks that I've borrowed, because I've got such an aversion to hardbacks, I'm, I'm returning them. I'm not going to waste my time with them. There was another library I was in, the one opposite the cafe last week, and I was returning one of my library books another one when i saw the distinctive japanese book i was reading when i went down with the covid back in february and i'm assuming i left the virus on those pages obviously the book would then have gone into quarantine but i know that that is the only copy of the book in lambeth's 10 libraries and i've never forgotten that was the book that i was reading when i went down with covid and it did take me aback just seeing it there it was like um it was as if it was looking at me saying, hey, you made it. You survived. How are you doing? Have you had the Delta yet? I wonder if among any of the 30 or so library books currently in this flat, whether any of them have previously been read by someone who had the virus and while they had the virus. Should I be thankful for those books being quarantined? Last Thursday afternoon, again in a library, I had a meeting with an old friend in West Norwood Library, They've got a cinema and a, and a cafe in there a few years ago. I wouldn't have um, entertained the idea. But to be fair, it's a decent library. The library services there are, are good. It's it's a decent place. I went there waiting for my friend. I'd never had coffee in there before, so I didn't know how how everything worked. I was there before her. There was a woman in there breastfeeding. No big deal. Let me stress that. No big deal. But as she was doing so, that Madonna song 
Express Yourself. Don't know if that's the name of the song. It at least has the line Express Yourself. It came on at the same time. And I thought, uh, what a coincidence. I'll mention that on the podcast if I need to pad the show out. Something that made me um, a bit sad briefly last week. I was traveling on Wandsworth Road. I think this was Friday, actually, when I was coming back from another library. I was in Battersea Library. And uh, I was either heading south or I was heading back north to get to the cafe. And I saw that behind the Tesco local there on Wandsworth Road, next to where the Polytechnic was, later the Lost Theatre, my old college is now being knocked down. And I, I love those 60s buildings. And I'm not sure it was a brutalist building, but it was in that vein. And it was just very sad to see it being knocked down because I had a wonderful, certainly the first year of that college was one of the best things I ever did. The second year it started tailing off for me. I started becoming very introverted. I wasn't always that way. I had a brief extrovert flowering 8990. I don't know what happened to me during that period. It's the only time in my life where I've become really someone that people would gravitate towards, someone that people wanted to be around. And after that, either side of that, just a, a very quiet guy. Let me give you my uh, nectar points. Should be okay. I've got to get out soon for the run. In about an hour's time, I think Dusk will be here. Uh, okay, where am I? I was at the Nine Elms Monster today after my writing session at the cafe. I'd gone in there with a points balance of 326, bought myself another jar of decaf coffee. Well, I'm drinking this much uh, coffee. I need to stick with a decaf. Another yogurt. Had to buy myself something that the doctor told me I needed to buy. That was pricey, £3.50. Two single oranges to top up my stock of oranges. I think they're 35p in Tesco's. They're 28p in Asda. Bought two... Huge oranges last week in Asda. Oh, cry. Oh, don't mention the Lord's name in vain. I don't think I did. You fill in the blank there. Right. So I earn nine points on 326. Takes me up to 335. Points are worth £1.67. Let me give you the Star Wars football results. It's been FA Cup week. Gave you the Alderaan result last week. Tatooine, the current cup holders, looking to be the first team to win the FA Cup three years in a row. They beat second division Lirasan 5-0. It was goalless at halftime. And then uh, Tatooine with a, uh, a, a reserve team, really, just absolutely destroyed the opposition. Saturday night, Rebels took on Nat Huth again, the team, second division team that gave them a lot of trouble in the League Cup before a couple of goals from debutant Barada late on, or I think possibly an extra time, helped them knock out Nat Huth. They met again. Nat Huth took a surprise lead in the first half. Rebels equalised through Ergnort, who had a wonderful game, man of the match in that game. And, uh, you know, Rebels probably didn't do enough to win. It's certainly, you know, they'd gone into the Silver Age as the number one team, as the defending league champions for league titles. But they've been an absolute disaster in the Silver Age. Just one trophy now in six seasons. The FA Cup represents their best chance of a trophy this season. They now face a replay. But there is a better feeling within the camp. The new players are, uh, are working better. Every player that wants to be there is there but not every player should be there. There's probably still two or three areas that they could 
improving. Uh, Tom Smith, the former Death Star manager, made his debut for Rebels in goal. He was someone I think that I found in a kinder egg and put him together. And over the years, his legs have had to be glued numerous times. So he's not as mobile as he was, but he had a decent game last night. An extraordinary gamer, the Cloud City Derby, the oldest fixture in Star Wars football, another uh, draw, another cup draw between Besbin and Death Star. When I say draw, I mean they were, they both came out of the hat together. Besbin have already knocked Death Star out of the League Cup this season. They were meeting in the last 16 of the FA Cup. 1-0 at halftime to Besbin through Bosk. He scored a hat-trick last night to take his total of goals past the 60 barrier since joining Star Wars football in Silver Age Season 2. An incredible statistic. He's now on 14 goals for the season and a new R2-D2, the second R2-D2 that was released by Kenner in 1983. He got the fourth goal, Death Star, in real trouble. Still have only scored two goals this season. C3PO and General Medine up front just do not look like they enjoy playing with each other. They got 27 goals between them uh, between them last season and have yet to register a single goal between them this season. Absolutely staggering. They are, as I've said before, of all the teams I play with, of the eight regular teams in Star Wars football, Death Star, I don't know what can be done with that team. There's just a serious imbalance, and it looks like now before Silver Age Season 7, that squad is going to have to be ripped up. Let's move on to the cafe. I saw the Brixton Lamppost uh, pole dancer this morning on South Lambeth Road near the cafe. She was drinking a can of cider, smoking a pipe, and pulling a suitcase past the cafe. Who knows where she was going? Winter coat on, short shorts, bare legs and sliders, a Hall of Fame Lambeth character. By the time I'd reached the cafe, I'd gone past the Nat West, the old Nat West bank that still has an ATM, accessible ATM for people wanting to draw money out, though the machine is quite erratic these days. And there was a homeless guy outside sleeping on a mattress and... Something about seeing him on a mattress and seeing that mattress on the filthy streets and just thinking, how can this be London 2021? And uh, Stockwell making this concerted effort to try and be the new Clapham, trying to pull itself up. And you've got guys like this and the street drinkers just still keeping it down, bringing the place down. But to see a homeless guy sleeping on a mattress out there was uh, it what there's not much that surprises me about the area now but or ever but but that did that did you just never used to see things like that i got not mixed table this morning in the cafe last week i'd ended up on the on the central table which i can't stand it's too visible people can walk either side of you and also i like to have a wall to one side just to lean on if i want to stretch and to push piles of work up against you know i'm ending up at the moment with excessive foam in my lattes and uh, the lattes more often than not uh, are not being filled up to the top which is a bit frustrating as well just trying to find my notes for the cafe you might hear me turning some pages now what's going on here I just marked these earlier I'm not sure what's going on with not filling up the tall glass to to the top. I don't know whether the idea there is to try and cut into my latte nursing times. I'll have to monitor that. Maybe 
It is one afternoon last week, Wednesday, I think it was, one regular sat at not mix single table for 90 minutes without a single drink. He paid for something as he left, but for the 90 minutes I was there with him, he had no drink in front of him. He was just perched on the chair, looking out. It was just blatant, really poor of him, taking up that space. And I think he was lucky they allowed him to, I guess, because he was Portuguese and he's a he's a regular Meantime, the head man and his partner, more of a raconteur than him, were in. The coffee has improved these days, said the head man's partner. I'm not sure personally that I'd agree with that. They started arguing then over the head man's phone settings. He was unhappy with something on his phone. Choose a new wallpaper, said his partner, looking for the easy solution, the reasonable solution, the simple solution. I don't want a new wallpaper, said the head man. There was a real back and forth. Those two are always arguing in the cafe. If you're someone who doubts whether you're suited to relationships, who would fear ending up in something where there were always rows. You wouldn't want to be seeing those two because that would confirm your worst fears. There was another regular in, I don't think I've ever talked about him before. He's a Portuguese guy, but he always reminds me of Cesar Romero, the old Latin actor who used to play the Joker in the 60s, Batman, and whose Joker looked creepier for the simple fact that Cesar Romero always refused to shave off his tash, and it wasn't the thickest of tashes, so maybe that's why he didn't want to shave it off, because it taken him quite an effort to grow it. And so the Joker in that series always looked a bit odd, and this guy's moustache is never fully convincing. He does look like Cesar Romero, but more so because of the tash. He was in there. I can't remember what he was doing. I just wanted to bring you that Cesar Romero anecdote. This morning I was in there and uh, got not mixed table. It wasn't busy when I went in, but within about 15-20 minutes it did get fairly busy. Said Kay looked uh, harassed. I felt good to have a wall behind me so I could just back in the back of my skull, obscure it from view, you know. After my aunt this morning again stated her opinion that she thought my new haircut was sh- I'm getting to know the cafe's current playlist intimately now. And I remember that it was only when they got their first ever waitress in around 2012, because remember Phil Collins, little Phil Collins, she was always working in the kitchen up until then. And it was this waitress from Barcelona. And it was only when she started that they started playing music in the cafe, which in a way is a shame because it was a place where you could just go and talk. And now it's almost like any other venue where people are having to talk over themselves. Madonna is on there at the moment, Live to Tell. And when that starts, I always think, oh, I don't want to hear this. But then about a minute into it, I'm just reminded of how good a song it was for the time and how it used to be one of my favorite Madonna songs. There are moments within that song that are really good. Johnny Hates Jazz, Turn Back the Clock, a song that I actually like, but I also recognize it's a song that belongs to an era of 80s, of the 80s, when 80s music really went crap. And that's from around 87, 88, when things started to sound really overproduced and Stock Aitken and Waterman were coming in. I think from about 87 onwards, I think the turning point was the summer of 87, Rick Astley coming in, although his early stuff, I had no problem with it, but it did usher in that era of Stock Aitken and Waterman and Banana Rama switched to Stock Aitken and Waterman and you had stuff like Johnny Hates Jazz, Climby Fisher coming in. I didn't really enjoy that stuff as much as the earlier 80s stuff. 
There was also U2, Where the Streets Have No Name. The opening 80 seconds of that song never fail to get to me. The live version on Rattle and Hum. I know a lot of people have a problem with that film and that album and the body of work that emerged from that album. Not being a, a big U2 guy, it wasn't too much of an issue for me, but I completely understand why U2 fans, a lot of them, or even people that liked U2 up until that point, just found that film and the album that came from it quite pretentious and the moment where U2 really had to go back to basics. So it was, I think, three years before they re-emerged with uh, whatever that... Um, that new album was called The One With The Fly and other stuff, which tends to be a lot of U2 fans' favourite work. But I think Where The Streets Have No Name, I still think it's a, it's an incredible song. And the live version on the film, and visually, when you watch that live version and the way the stadium is lit up, it's just it's just incredible. It really is. And I say that as someone who isn't particularly a U2 fan. Not Mick. Let's get back to the cafe. Not Mick wasn't in today, at least not during my visit. But on Friday, he came in. He used the loo right away. I can't go in there after him. Just, you know, I feel, I find it hard enough to sit in his chair after he's gone. I've noted that the cafe will clean his tables. They clean all the other tables, but they don't clean the chairs. And with someone like him, who whose clothes smell damp and sweaty, they really need to clean his chair. I have considered bringing my own my own wipe to supplement the cafe's own wiping whenever I get not mixed table. But I certainly don't want to go into the loo after him. It's like you don't want to be the man that follows the man. You don't want to be David Moyes following Alex Ferguson. You want to be Van Gaal following Moyes who followed Ferguson. Be the man that followed the man that followed the man, if you follow. Something else to note, something I'm trying to work on. I think I've grasped why I'm still struggling to place my little finger on the tall glass. The new glasses are slightly narrower down the bottom. This is the tall glasses. And the handles are lower too. There are still some rogue tall glasses about that don't sit easily on the saucer. Let that motorbike go past. Um, but I, I just think at the moment I'm still not on top of my little finger tall glass placement. There was something else to bring you. So disorganized today. Let's see if I can find it. I'll probably find it when I come back from the park no. Oh, actually, here we go. I was in the pharmacy. I'll finish that. That's um, that's enough of the cafe from for for this week. I was in the um, I was in the pharmacy today picking up a prescription, and there was a woman there. She was on FaceTime talking to whoever she was getting the medication for, and she said, "Why don't you talk to the pharmacist?" So the pharmacist was the guy was talking to the woman via FaceTime, a woman he'd never met. And it was uh, it was a rectal issue, it turned out. If you were in the pharmacy this morning, you would have found out it was a rectal issue. That call finished, and then about five minutes later, the pharmacist asked the woman, and I think they were starting to prepare whatever she was going to be getting for the person on whose behalf she was collecting, he said to her, right, do you want um, do you want something that she takes orally or do you want something via the rectum? Uh, just on the rectum thing, he, he, he pointed to his own rectum and I just thought we don't need that. 
you know, rectum is enough. It kind of works because we're in a pharmacy, but you don't need to gesture towards your own rear. I just thought that was, um, I thought that was a bit uncouth. Some rare email correspondence that I've just remembered that I'm going to dig out for you. Just punching it. Uh, here we go. No, it's not that one. Oh, so disorganized. What is going on? Am I going to get out for that run? Right. Let me look into DRT is available. A very empty inbox. Here we go. It's our old friend Baxi. Hi, Daniel. Many thanks for the uh, bonus episode this week. I continue to marvel at your determination to remain out of the clutches of the man while paying astronomical South London rent. A lesser mortal would be day drinking tenant super by now, indeed, and heading up the dilly by nightfall to feed a burgeoning crack habit. The weekly podcasting schedule would become more erratic, but I think the numbers might skyrocket. Anyway, it's always something to fall back on. Cheers, Bax. Thank you, Tony. If you do want to drop the show an email, DRT available at westegg1607.co.uk. Tony, I hope you're keeping well. And uh, that brings me to the end of this week's show. But before I go, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my old neighbor, Katie, who passed away peacefully yesterday morning in her care home. This is my neighbor of 24 years from my days at Mayflower, not the elderly neighbor who had me running multiple errands for her in this place, you know, getting okay or not okay magazine and all the other rubbish that I was having to do for her. This is my ultimate neighbor, Katie, Maltese woman. We'd moved into we'd moved into Mayflower, 48 Mayflower. When I was four, she'd already been in there for over 20 years. She was always someone who found time for me, even, you know, from the moment I was a, I was a boy. I already, you know, I knew her son really well. Her son was a big figure, is a big figure still in my life, six years older than me. My cousin's original best man. He was, the, the son was the school captain, David. He was the school captain at my comprehensive. He, that first year of that rough comprehensive, he would take me into school, look after me, straighten my collar, straighten my tie, and uh, give me free dinner tokens uh, too, which I was still selling five years uh, later in my attempt to be Grange Hill's uh, Gonch Gardener. And um, David also got me my job at Woolies in Clapham Junction. So I spent a lot of time with uh, David, particularly in the 80s. He was always a, a bit of a big brother for me. And uh, Katie was just always in my life, as I say, always found time for me always spoke to me as if she was genuinely interested in what I had to say to her. And I've got to be honest, I'm not necessarily like that with kids. I, I'm not saying I'm terrible, but I, I, I don't have that quality about me. And uh, she did. She was quite mumsy and uh, always genuinely interested in what was going on in your life. And uh, we spoke, I don't know, pretty much every morning or evening when I when I would come in, she'd be there. She was always busy cleaning cleaning the house, cleaning outside the house. She was always up early. She was, um, yeah, she, I, I don't think she was one to take things easy and helped me a lot when my mum died. Obviously, you know, Molly Coddled, Mediterranean son. Chances are if you lose your mum young, you're not going to know how to do much. I think I could have lost my mum 10 years later and it would still have been the same story. And, and, and Katie 
recognizing my reluctance to go to a, a laundrette would, for the six months I was still there, wash my clothes, iron my shirts, uh, help me a lot, help me a lot when my dad passed away. She was there when my mum passed away that afternoon. She'd come in with the paramedics. That f- nightmare, nightmare Friday, really. And uh, she was in there. The paramedics were in there. I was thinking about this last night, and I was thinking all these people in the flat, probably with their shoes on, did I hoover when I got home? Was I thinking, what, what, what were my, my OCDs like when this was going on? You know, was I thinking about all these people bringing in the streets into the into the bedsit when my mum was there, lifeless? Katie was there that day and uh, she played a part as well when I was trying to, um, well, when I had to break into my dad's weird bedsit, trying to find out what had happened to him when he went missing, had to get access via a ladder from Katie's garden, which... Uh, really led to a memorable exchange between her and uh, a friend's very argumentative dad, also now deceased. But, you know, she she was always there. She was always part of my life. She lived at Mayflower Road for 50 years towards the end of her time there. I mean, it was so run down, that place. It affected every family that lived there. It's the kind of place that you never forget. But at the same time, it get, you know, there was a real sense of community there. And I, I, I am, as much as I've hated becoming middle-aged as, as 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 i don't know whatever as dull as my life has been the last uh, decade or so as much as i wish i was younger and could start again i'm also grateful for growing up when i did at a time that allowed me to to meet people like katie private renting wasn't so bad that people would look to move every six or six months to a year in search of a better deal. You had people staying put, building homes, you know, living in an area for decades. So you'd get a real sense of community. And she was, more than anyone, she was 48 Mayflower Road, really. When you think of 48 Mayflower Road, you always think of her in that bottom flat. And, uh, you know, like my parents, she deserved a better life and you know it's just another giant piece of mayflower gone but you never forget these people the part they played in your life i'm i'm grateful that i had people like her in my life and i think it's important every day it sounds very earnest but i always try and make time for these people every day just a moment just to think about these people what they did for you growing up the values they imparted and you carry that with you and i think that's a nice legacy for these people to have and uh, that's someone else now who remains in my prayers because she was always in my prayers she remains in my prayers every night but now joins that uh, ever-growing cast list of deceased people that i remember rest in peace katie condolences to my friends david and Eleanor and that is it that is the end of this week's show I'm going to go out for my run it's 17 10 hours now it's time for you to get those shoulders back keep on walking towards the sun keep washing those hands keep ventilating too I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson and this start of the week I have been available <laughs> <laughs>